RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Ryan Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Ryan Duffy on Radio Influence. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday morning on Duffified Live. It's so good to be back here talking to you guys uh, since last week's show. I hope you guys are all uh, uh, kind of uh, relaxed from last week's show after chatting with our buddy, uh, Mr. Carl Ruiz. Uh, I love talking to that dude. Just a a great, great episode. A lot of fun with him all the time. And um, I hope you guys had an opportunity to go out and try to follow him or whatever. Tell him I sent you, by the way. And you can check out his life of ruizing. Um, But he's uh, definitely a good individual. I loved having him on the show. So, you know, something that I didn't really touch into uh, last week or even the week before was this crazy little world of fucking romaine lettuce, man. What is going on here? What's going on? Okay, so I wanted to kind of discuss this real fast. I was reading an article uh, from my favorite little food world that I get into, which is Eater. And the headline for this was on November 20th. um, I know we're a little bit later than that right now. It's December whatever, something. Um, And the headline was throw all of your, throw away all of your romaine lettuce right now. Okay. Uh, It's time once again for everyone to look in the refrigerators and fish out whatever romaine lettuce they have. Um, Basically, 11 people, I'm sorry, 32 illnesses in 11 states, people got super, super sick. CDC has stated that, and they're also looking in Canada um, for all of this. 13 people have been hospitalized, including one person with a type of kidney failure. Um, No deaths have been reported in Canada, but 18 people have fallen ill in Ontario and Quebec. Uh, Earlier this year, an E. coli outbreak linked to a romaine lettuce grown in Yuma, Arizona, resulted in nearly 200 illnesses and five deaths. Government officials have not determined the source of this latest outbreak. So here's my question. Like, at what point do you and me as the consumer like stand up and make and make a statement about this you know when are you are you bringing your romaine lettuce back to the grocery store and asking for a refund and then that grocery store is going back to corporate and saying we need a refund because we just had to refund all of our guests their money for it and then is corporate going to the distributor and saying we want our fucking money back and then the distributor is going to the manufacturer and saying we want our fucking money back and then the manufacturer is going to the growers or wherever it's happening and saying we want our money back you know i highly doubt and i don't know because i can't really talk about it but i i I highly doubt that there is uh you know that this is happening at the farm level because what happens at the farm level and i've been on farms i've watched product be harvested i've done it with walnuts i've done it with potatoes i've done it with greens i've done it with mushrooms i've been to uh i've been to 
butchers and I've been to uh, cattle farms and poultry farms and dairy farms and I've seen all of this stuff. And then the process for what it happens, it seems to me that it ends up being really the fault or the onus should really end up on the manufacturer of this product. Okay. Why is it that we are not getting more and more angry about the fact that the food that we are bringing in, that we are paying for, that we are purchasing, that we are spending our hard money on, is, uh, why are we not bringing it back in and 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 requesting you know that we get reimbursed for this? Why is it that we're not bringing it back in and saying I'm angry about this? I want to know who produced this product so that I can make sure that I never purchase from that manufacturer again. And why is it that the grocery stores are not going back to the manufacturers themselves and saying you people better get your shit together or else we are not purchasing from you? In fact, the government should get involved and say that if you have an E. coli outbreak or if you have a foodborne illness outbreak, you are not allowed to operate for the next four months, three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months. I don't care what it is, but there needs to be a ramification on that. And that's how I feel about that. Other than that, what's up, people? How's everybody doing? I am super, super excited. I have been doing a super secret project for the last week uh, that I am not allowed to talk about thus far. Um, I want you guys to know that I promise you that I'm going to tell you as soon as I'm allowed. Okay. But I cannot do it yet. Uh, Hold on. And what's going to happen is I am going to tell you all about it. I promise you. But right now, Right now, what I want to talk to you guys about is I am about to have a guest on the show who is somebody that I have been friends with for the last bunch of years, okay? I have been uh, uh, in awe of her for the last bunch of years. I love watching this woman work. I love watching her in action. I love her personality, Um, I love her style. I like the way that she interacts with people and people just like her. She is Jennifer Frederick from Fox 29 in Philadelphia. She is an anchor, a news anchor that comes out. She does a tremendous amount of fun things in Philadelphia, around the Philadelphia area. Um, born and raised down there in Florida. She is, uh, she's just an awesome individual. Um, I do a lot of morning shows with her on Fox. I get to play with her a couple of times a year um, uh, when we do some of this cool stuff. She's just a really, really good individual. So, ladies and gentlemen, from Fox 29 in Philadelphia, I want to welcome to Duffified Live, Jennifer Frederick. Jen Fred, what's going on? What is up, big time? I feel like a stuffed turkey, so I had to come work out with one of my favorite people, Holly Waters. Here's the irony of what's happening. You're a food guy. I'm working out with probably the city of Philadelphia's best trainer. You'll forgive me for saying this, Holly. She's going to have a baby in a week. So she kind of looks like a turkey right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> now, who's the best trainer in Philadelphia? Holly Water. She's amazing. She's at 7th and Reed. And I always said, this is the deal. You got to go with your trainer on a Monday. Because just when you're like, I'm terrible. I drank too much. I ate too much. I did nothing for four days. 
she will kick your booty back into shape, and then you'll go home feeling like Wonder Woman, basically. Okay, so I can or feel like Wonder Daddy, Woman. In your case. Chef Daddy. Chef like Daddy. Yes. Chef yes. Daddy is actually drinking an organic green shake right now, Jen. Okay, we need to talk about this. So um, are we allowed to tell people that I saw you this morning because you were stalking me at work? I, I was totally, I was, I literally was, I had my high beams flashing. I was trying to get your attention in every way possible. And then I thought maybe I should roll my black window down so she can see my face. Basically, chef, the chef Brian Duffy drives like a tricked out Jeep because he thinks he's that guy. Although he's a little bougie because he was taking the kids to where else? Starbucks. Starbies. Um, and apparently you lost 12 pounds over Thanksgiving. How's that possible? No, I lost eight pounds over this weekend, oh, over that weekend. Eight pounds. How are you suspect? How did you get that done? Uh, one, I pay a tremendous amount of attention to what I've been eating. Um, I work with uh, Veronica uh, Wheat, I believe is her last name, uh, from Chef V. Uh, she has an organic cleanse that she does that I absolutely love. It's this beautiful green drink that gets shipped to me every Tuesday, and it's a series of shakes and green drinks that I take. But I also Can eat I healthy. Some personal questions. Yes. Are you losing the weight because you're pooping? Uh, well, I mean, I do lose, I do lose water weight, but realize that I, I'm also drinking about two gallons of water a day, but I do that normally, but so I'm wait, also are you peeing all day, all the time. Like I need no. to know how it's getting out. No, I, I mean, I am, I mean, don't get me wrong. I pee. Yeah. All the time, but I'm also, I work out in the morning. So I go to okay. the gym in the morning. I walk my really fucking awesome dog. Wait, are we allowed to swear on your podcast? Oh my God, fucking go, Jen, go. <laughs> I fucking love you. Okay, keep going, keep going. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of what I do. I do that. I don't, I'm not like, like I'm a 45 minute guy on the treadmill with an incline of five and four right. miles an hour. And I think that's the thing. Like, I think this is the holiday season and the thing that I tried to do, because, um, you know, I have two kids. They're both cute. They both, when they came out, weighed about six pounds and a half, right? But in the last four years, between Halloween and the Super Bowl, I have gained on average seven to eight pounds. Now, I am a five-foot-tall person, right. so that's like a tenth of, yeah, it's a significant amount. It's a baby, right? right? So the one thing that I am trying to do is, though, even I, even though I was, like, drinking and eating and then, you know, you want to throw the, the sides away from Thanksgiving, but you're like, it's so wasteful, I have to eat the Florida mashed potatoes i feel like if you can work out or eat one sort of vegetable a day that's not soaked in butter you can you can gain less than seven pounds before the super bowl yes oh absolutely absolutely i mean i lost a lot of that weight but realize that when i'm on the road i don't i don't hold back so, I mean, I'll go out to eat. I try to explore and I try to experience as much as I can when I'm on the road. So there's right, on average. you say I'll have the salad, no dressing. Well, no, I'd like, well, I don't get dressing on salads anyway, because I think that most of the dressings that are out there suck. Just so you right. know, I rarely, I rarely get dressing on salad unless it's like, I'm like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. I'm usually just like a lemon juice guy. So you're basically Portlandia when it comes to ordering. You're like, where was the chicken thrown in from? No, I'm the, not that Look, Jen, I'll fuck up some chicken wings at the same time as I'm baking down on some foie gras, baby. I don't have a problem. All right. <laughs> all right, now, here's my question. Of all the towns outside of Philadelphia, by the way, am I allowed to ask questions? Well, I mean, I feel like I'm on your show. Go. 
of all the towns other than Philadelphia, who has the best food? I mean, obviously, we can always go with New York because that's a straightforward answer. I feel right. that I feel that Chicago still has one of my more favorite kind of flavors of food and variety yep. of food. I love food on the West Coast just because of the cleanliness and the super clean flavors that they produce. Right, like I can taste an the avocado when they say it's an avocado. I don't know why it's different on the West Coast. Say that again. Like when they say there's an avocado and there's right. whatever, the flavors are clean. I feel like I know, I, like, I don't know if they do use less stuff than we do on the East Coast in terms of like sauces and oils and fats, but I love it. Like room I, service in California is different than room service in New York, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think California food is a cleaner. First off, California is very, very advanced as to what we're doing. Now realize that Philadelphia has right now has, has a boatload of James Beard winners. We have a boatload of best yeah. restaurants, a boatload of best restaurant tours all happening at the same exact time. We have five of the best of restaurants in the country right now. Which is genius. Now here's the next thing, you know, you get in a rut, right? You have a job, you have whatever it is that you have. So I feel like even though you have the best restaurants, I think all of us, we get in a rut. And so I think we owe it to ourselves, whether you live, I don't know, in California, Philadelphia, or Kansas City, to try a new restaurant at least every other month. Some Absolutely. of them are going to suck, yep. right? Like some of them are going to be like, see all these dummies were writing about this restaurant. And you're like, what do they see in it? Yep. But some of them are going to be super good. Like, and they can be the tiny ones. They can be the big ones, right? I totally agree. The thing now, kind of rule of thumb for me, I never go to a new restaurant within the first two months of it opening. Really? I never, ever, ever, or if I can ever do a chain restaurant ever. Right. Yeah, like if same. I go to New York and you find me in Times Square at Fridays, you need to punch me in the throat. <laughs> Unless I'm peeing. Now, okay. I, and, I will punch you in the throat. Uh, there's another TGI Fridays that's in the train station at Penn Station in New York. You got to go in there to get a beer while you're waiting for your train. No, I no, no. I go into the I go into the pizza place and have a phenomenal slice of New York pizza. All right, I'll allow it. Now, yeah. Um, in the olden days, TGI Fridays, speaking of salad dressings, they had this salad dressing. It was called hot bacon mustard salad dressing. Do you remember okay. this? No, but I will listen. It was like clear like mucus. So you're like, oh. what is that? What is that? I think it was like pure sugar with like a little bit of like dry mustard and bacon bits, you know, but it was, it was uh, yummy. Were they like bacos? Or were they like Yeah, they were bacon? like bacon. They oh, were like bacon. God, the worst dehydrated bacon. <laughs> Faking. I can't and believe then like you I crunch it. And then you go to like Acme and you see, hey, bacon that doesn't have to be refrigerated. Nobody who the, who the fuck is not questioning that? That's my question. Who's who's I don't not understand it. You know what it is? It's because they were brought up with tuna fish in a can, which now that we eat like regular tuna, right. like that's weird, right? Like yeah. tuna fish is weird. Yeah. Um, but I think these humans, because it's the same thing, they'll have like chicken in a can. Right. And I don't want my chicken in a can. No. I want my chicken Not with wrong. the wrap. I want to eat. I want to make my own chicken. 
I agree. Well, they do. I, I don't mind like the nature's choice. I think it is. They have some of that, like the pre-cooked packages that I'll keep in my refrigerator or even in the freezer for my girls when I'm not home. No. I mean, like no. last night was the girls wanted a classic kind of meal. So I, and I'll be fancy here. I was in Washington state a couple months ago and it was the last of my potatoes that I brought home from Washington state. I made mashed potatoes they love my southern green beans, so I made them southern green right. beans with bacon, and I made okay. them barbecued chicken legs. All right, now let me, ask, let me, I have some questions. Like, do you pack the potatoes on the plane, or you, like, get them shipped because you were there? They shipped, they shipped me a 50-pound sack of potatoes. Okay, that is a nice item. And then what is a southern, what is southern green beans? It has right, bacon so, on it, real bacon? It, well, I mean, it's kind of the it's kind of the method. Really, not even the method. It's kind of the way that I cook them. It's just a slower cook, so I do a lower heat. I I render out the bacon. I add garlic into the bacon fat, and then I add the beans in, and I stir them up and cover them for about fifteen minutes, and then I salt them. And then I cover them up again for about another twenty minutes, and then the beans are typically ready to go from there. This is why my kids could never eat at your house. Well, they you we get. They'd love it. I do the right thing. They probably would. That's the thing. And I can't have them like thinking that that's how people cook for their children. <laughs> we, we we run a tight ship at Mom Incorporated. Like right. I, you know, during right. the week I do cook clean for them. So I'll do like you know I'll do like roasted broccoli, which is kind of fancy. You know, instead of boiled, sure. and I put a little Himalayan sea salt. You know, how you do? And then um, they but they have to choose. A, another color like I mean so if they don't want like roasted squash right in the oven I'll allow a strawberry like you can have, just as long as you have two colors okay and no, then that's good. I don't really cook chicken in a sauce or with a sauce or by a sauce but let me tell you about my new ingredient that works at, okay and I know this is going to be blowing your mind. Like, I hope oh. you're sitting down. You might I'm, not be I'm, laying down. I'm actually, I'm actually in my office chair, leaning back with my feet up on my desk and the microphone resting on my chest. So go for okay. it. Okay. Don't have a heart attack. Smoked paprika. Huge fan. Boom. Huge now, fan. For, it's good because as a grown-up, you feel like you're eating something more than just a chicken, right? right. Because it's got like a little bit of something on it. But the kids... They see red, because usually it's, you know, like a reddish color. Right. Um, and they think instantly it's spicy, but it's of not course. spicy. Oh, paprika has okay. not. Yeah. And then it's like, they're like, what is this? And I'm like, it's kind of fancy, isn't it? <laughs> I'm kind of blowing your mind here, people. Um, so, but I think they do that. I do that a couple times a week. So play with those a little bit further and you can uh -huh. like take your chicken and throw it into a bag and just marinate it the, the day before. Yeah. The blender, puree it up, make them, make them a quick like mousseline with raw chicken. They'll love it. Um, take the I chicken. I marinate it. Okay. So, and your marinade is what, what's your go-to marinade? Sometimes this is what I do. I do like almost like I take half lemon Right. And then I take like uh, a little poppy seed dressing okay. that's already made. So it's like a white creamy thing. And then I add a little bit of like uh, champagne vinegar. Ooh, like you're fancy in your house. I know. I'm, I'm, I know. And the other thing, I think I've told you this before. Like when, So I'll do like 
you know, the fancy chicken. By the way, that's my fancy chicken. Right. And then I'll do like roasted broccoli and then I'll make them like real rice. You know, my, my dad used to live in Asia, so he's a rice cooker. Oh, nice. So he ruins them for like, you know, boring in the microwave rice. Yep. But anyway, so I'll do real rice. And then what I do is I like price it out for him. You know, because I'm like, just so you guys know, in a restaurant, even the kid meal with the chicken and the that's fourteen ninety five, right? There. Right. So you you clowns better be liking this shit like it's fourteen ninety five. <laughs> and don't even think you can order an apple juice. Oh, Jen, where'd you go? Are you driving through Gladwin? You're gone. What'd you do? Oh, there you are. You're back. You're back. We were just talking shit about you. I'm here. Yeah. Did I hang up on you or you hung up on me? No, no, no. We think that you, uh, you're, you're probably driving through Gladwin. Not yet. I'm in Center City. Oh, cool. Awesome. Okay, good. So stay in Center City, and we're going to keep talking. Okay, I love it. Okay, so $14.95, your kids, you let them know the price of it so that they think it's fancy. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, I make them clear the table, old school, like a real mom. I'm the same way. I do this. Last night, my girls cleared the table, and then I... Uh, they went upstairs and I had, I was, I was like uh, making my bed, folding laundry. I come downstairs and it wasn't done. And Fiona was in the car ready to go to her mom's house. And I made her get out to come back into the kitchen to finish the job that they originally had. Because, you know, if you can be a dick to your own kids and when they go to other houses, they are, you know, they're better than average, right? Like I'm never going to say that my kids are good. But I will say that, like, they get invited over a lot, which says, yeah. like, you know this is. If you have a good kid, your kid gets a lot of invitations. Exactly. No one's inviting your kid over. Ladies and gentlemen, that's kids a flipping sign that you got a clown for a kid and you got to whip it into shape. I agree. My girls, I always get the feedback. It was a pleasure having Fiona over. We're so glad that Emily came with us. We're so glad that Fiona was here. Like, I always have that stuff about both of my girls. They're very polite. They're very, very nice. Emily was not so nice this morning when she saw you because she was exhausted and angry at me. She was getting attacked by the dog, too, I think, a little bit. She was getting attacked by the dog in the front seat of the car because I was that guy this morning. Yeah. Look, you're making it work. But I will say... Chefs, remember, someone can say nice things as they're dropping your kid off. Like, oh, they were so nice and polite. Like, you would never say, unless you're you're dealing like a four year old. But even a four year old, you would never be like, oh, Jimmy bit my friend, my kid's arm, but he was so nice. Like, you don't have boys, so that's like a thing that you would say. Like, you would return a kid with a broken arm and say, we played nicely together. Brody has a broken arm, but like, they played so nice. I'll see you next week. The key part of the whole thing is. Will you, you know, you're dating. Will I see you next week? It's not about what happened and that you have a polite kid. It's when you get the other invitations. That's how you really know. You know, because I've gone through stretches where my guy doesn't get invitations. And I'm like, what happened? Oh, he bit your kid. (laughs) (laughs) Does your kid bite often? Or not anymore? I mean, you know, now he's 13. But yeah, he he was definitely a puncher and a wrestler. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. You know? I can see that. Even with girls, I can see that. And then, I know. And even conversely, like, you know, I would have people that would say to me, like, oh, Jimmy doesn't like to wrestle. I just hope that's okay. That's not okay. If your kid is four years old and wrestling is part of a play date. Like, I agree. I'm, like, Especially with boys. I don't expect the two boys to be sitting. Like, I expect them to do, like, WWE moves 
Right. You know, maybe not all the time, but I'm expecting some Oreos to get smushed into my carpet, you know? Boys, it's, it's Bible time. Yeah. It's Bible time, boys. Everybody upstairs, it's not the world that no. my kids lived in. No, it's not. And so I think when, when we run around thinking that our kid is, you know, the genius in first place, we've talked about this. Like, I don't want to be friends with you if you think your kid is a genius. I don't want you to allow me to think my friend is a genius. Like, right. I would hope that if I told you that Brody or Landry got into, like, I don't know, jail, you'd be like, well, you raised some weird kid, you know, <laughs> unless they got a really good SAT score. That's a whole other thing. But right. you know what it takes to get into an Ivy League score? You've got to be all into books. Right. I'm from all Florida. In. We don't play like that. Yeah, unless you're like, unless you're like a savant, you know, right. like unless your yeah. kid is just killing it. Like, mom and dad, I'm going to the party tonight. By the way, I solved the theory of relativity that was all wrong. Right. If your kid is like, oh, I found out the neighbor has cancer. Here's the cure. Let's right. book him into Yale. Let's yeah. check it into Yale right now. Exactly. But not too early you because then your kid's an asshole. <laughs> exactly. But I will say. You know, I always say this about prisoners. I don't know. This is probably going to get me in trouble. Like, there's a lot of really smart people in jail, right? Right. And I think, you know, depending on their crime, like, I don't think we should be doing this for murderers or rapists, but maybe, like, you know, evil tax accountants. Right. If they could cure cancer or figure out or give us the guy that can cure it, I think we get, you know, 10 years off their sentence or something. I agree. If you figure it out now. Yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, what was that movie? Uh, what was that called? The Rock? Yeah. Escape from Alcatraz? Like Sean Connery. They exactly. brought him out a little bit early because of the fact that he knew the process. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I know. Yeah, so I think, yeah. Like, you know, All in right. Texas, a long time ago, if a sexual predator would agree to be castrated, they'd let them into a group home. Look, I just had a conversation at dinner the other night where we discussed, because my mother's against the death penalty, and we had a long conversation about this, and my rule was, if you steal something, we cut your hand off. If you do it again, we cut it off again. If you rape a woman, I'm going to cut your dick off. Like, you'll never, you're going to think twice about, because you're not getting away with shit. You in this yeah. day and age, in this day and age, you're getting caught for shit you did 30 years ago. Exactly. Like, you're, what are you taught? Like, how about this guy, this, this old nice man who raped and murdered like 60 women through his time frame, through his life. And they just found him, you know, at a retirement community in California. Yes. Like, how are you? What what process goes through your brain that's like, ha ha, I'm going to kill this motherfucker and I'm going to get away with it? Oh like, what are you thinking about? There's something wrong with you. Are you are you a making a murderer fan? Have you seen it? Have we discussed this? We so you know this. We so I am. A, right. I like the idea, but I've never seen it. Okay, you need I to watch it. It's like eight thirty. I gotta I, lock myself in a room and watch it. All right. So first off, let's let's do this. Let's do this. What what do you so for, what do you do? Let's talk about what you do. What do? Okay. What do you do? What do you do for a living? Okay. So there's a TV station in Philadelphia called Fox Twenty Nine. Okay. Fox affiliate, and like a lot of towns around the country, we have a, a morning show. Now we our morning show is a marathon. It's on. It starts at four a.m. 
3.58, if you will, a.m., and it goes until 10 a.m., okay? So that's six hours. So, like, I always, so think about this for one second. I always say, like, you could wake up at 4 a.m., pee, you know, people wake up at 4 to pee. Right. And our TV station's on. Like, there's already people working. So right. you go back to bed for, like, an hour. You want to go hop on your elliptical at 6 a.m.? I'm still working. That's, right. You know, we're still on. And then you get off the elliptical at 645 because you're that guy. Right. Your girls come down. They got to get on the bus by 7. So you put the kids on the bus. You know, maybe you drive them to Starbucks and walk the dog, whatever you do, because <laughs> you're the nicest dad ever. So that's 8 o'clock. Okay. We still have two hours. So right. you can, like, go vote, stand in line to vote in the rain, you know, right. until 9. Right. And then take your mom to breakfast until 10. And you're still on. Like, think about that's how long our show is. So I'm right. typically on between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. And I have to basically fill approximately 20 minutes of the show. Okay. In that so, in that three-hour time frame. Yeah, I feel like basically eight to ten minutes uh, an hour for three hours. Okay. So what time do you go to bed? So... And are you, night. and are you like, are you religious about this? Like, like you no. are in the bathroom at seven thirty washing your face. No, first of all, I'm a girl that wears a lot of makeup to work. And like, okay. I just started using the Neutrogena makeup wipes to get it off my face. Like my, the, if you like in my bedroom, my pillowcases are nasty. Cause I always have like makeup on my pillowcase. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. And like, my husband, you know, because he travels a lot, so he doesn't always have to see it. But, like, if Steve's coming home, I literally, like, flip the pillowcase like I'm 17. Like, right. I've been married for 100 years, right? I'm like, oh, shit. My husband, he can't see that I, like, like, you know, like I'm, like, I'm, like I'm eating ho-hos in the bed, you know? But anyway. Right. So, yeah, I'm not religious about anything. Sunday night, I think I got my big girl pants on, you know, because I've stayed up late Friday right. night, Saturday night, being a baller. So I usually stay up until like 9.30 on Monday nights. So then I'm really dragging ass on, or yeah, Sunday nights. So when the alarm clock at 3.45 a.m. on Monday blings, right. I'm dragging ass. Like that's a big, that's ugly, right? Okay. And then that's one of the reasons why I work out with a trainer on Mondays because I just don't feel human until sure. later. But anyway, so then I take a shower every morning. Yep, I do. And then this is something you probably don't know. So in my, in my house, I put my hair in like Velcro rollers. Do you know what those look like? I do. Okay. But you also have your I, own you also have your own bathroom that has your hair dryer oh, yeah. and it's downstairs. So nobody so you don't it's wake downstairs. anybody up. Exactly. It's in right. basically in the basement. So that's also tricky, right? Because I get my gather my clothes upstairs and I like tiptoe like I'm sneaking out of the house downstairs. <laughs> So if I forget, like, underwear, you know, I'm going commando to work. Like, usually, you know, there's underwear down there somewhere in the sure. clean laundry. But, like, right. it's happened, okay? Right. And then I put the Velcro rollers in my hair, and then I, you know, drive to work. Now, most of my ride is on a highway, and it's right. 4 o'clock in the morning, right? So, it's like, most of the days, it's me and, like, three guys that are driving to New York. So I drive above the speed limit. I mean, I do. Right. And you know that one day I'm going to get pulled over with those rollers in my hair. And no underwear. And no underwear. 
so far I'm good. But if you got pulled over in Philadelphia on your way to work, I am pretty sure that one of the cops, that the cop who pulled you over is going to be like, oh, shit, that's Jen Fred. Do you need do you need an escort like they would police escort you to work? I have been pulled over while I've been on television. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to say several times, but definitely more than once. Okay. And it goes both ways, right? Because I'm technically a journalist, right? Right. I'm a news anchor, news reporter. Right. So more than once, they've been like, oh, it would be inappropriate for me to cut to a break. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, who invited the rules guy? Who invited that guy? (laughs) That is not a guy I want to see at four in the morning. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, officer. Thank you for keeping us all safe Appreciate from my this. no turn on red that I did in the middle of a street where no one has been for two hours. That's Fiona said yeah. to me a couple of weeks ago, because I'm talking to the girls about driving all the time and the rules. And Fiona's like, why are you stopping at this stop sign? I said, because <laughs> yeah, no. you have to. And she said, but there's nobody around. Nobody would know if you went through the stop sign. And I said, but, but I would, would know. If I went through the yeah. stop sign, the video and then cameras I said, are going to get us. Well, that's the whole new thing. We got cameras everywhere. Yeah. So here's a creepy one, real quick though. One yeah. time I got pulled over, the guy said nothing, but he let me go. Okay. Right. And then, like a week later, I got an email, and he was like, "Great to meet you." Oh no. Was and he? Like, you think he was hitting on you? Was he hitting on you? I don't know. I was uh. just. I don't know. But I, I will say, you know this, I love all of our first responders, uh, people in the military, shout out to you guys. So yeah, so then once I speed, I go to work and then we have a, a meeting. And so our meeting is the, the seven to ten, the 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. block is like a whole crew. And the, the quarterback, if you will, is this crazy guy named Mike Jarek. He's our main news anchor guy, right? It's a riot. And, you know, he's typically in a good mood but like if you know working in morning tv once every there's five days right and there's like five people usually on a morning show you got your main guy main girl you got your weather guy you got your uh cute traffic girl and then someone like me and maybe like a news reporter right okay so you got to figure someone is pissed off every day of the week because right someone peed in their Cheerios, right? Because everyone's waking up before two in the morning. Sure. So Mike Jarek, when he's having a day, which is fun, you know, he'll be like, bring me 35 balloons <laughs> in the exact color of Temple University so that I can <laughs> pop them. And I'm like, dude, it's not going to roll like that today. And then, of course, like the next day, I'll be in a really good mood and I'll find him like 35 balloons in the color of the, and he'll be, so, you know, then, so that's one of the things that we do in our meeting is we like try to make the show that we've already planned better. And sometimes I'll call you, right? And right. It, you know, rolls downhill, if you will. So I'll be like, <laughs> in the morning, I got, I got Brian on a show and I'm like, and if you could have 42 chickens clucking behind us and I need you to wear jammies cause it's jammy day, that'd be awesome. And you're like, I can get you 41 chickens a clucking <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a, you know, Elmo top. We can go from there. Yeah. Well, you've done then, your, 
Go ahead, go ahead. You, you're still telling no, me, go. That's it. That's no, no, I want to know the rest of the day because then, then, so then you guys do that in the morning, but the news yeah. that you're, like, the, what you're talking about that morning, is that for that day's show or are you guys yeah. planning for, because your stuff is, is, is a little different. I mean, you're doing... Yeah. You're at a flower shop one morning. You're at a dance school another day. You're at a gym. You're you're not at my orthodontist. Get it? No, I get it. Um, here's what I do is that I we have a week ahead meeting, which is a different meeting, and then but so yeah, the, when the forty two balloons is for that morning, and then we do the show from six to ten a.m. and then at ten thirty we have another meeting where they tell me, dude, I told you thirty six balloons and you only had thirty two. No, I'm kidding. Usually they're really they're really happy. You know, because uh, like everyone has a job, you always want to under promise and over deliver. So I try right. to do that. And so, um, you know, some of the stuff that I do is like a stunt, you know, like wake surfing live on TV while like catching a football. That really happened this summer. So they'll be like, that was really awesome. Um, and then we will talk about what we're going to do the next day. And so typically I have my stuff planned a week out, but like, you know, stuff changes. Like I had my stuff planned t tomorrow or, you know, this week there's all different days. There's like cyber Monday, giving Tuesday, you know, wear a bathing suit Wednesday or whatever it is. So I try to plan it along with that. But then in Philadelphia, like, you know, the GM of our hockey team, the flyers got fired. And so I also do a fair amount of sports. Wow. I didn't, so know I that. have to like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have to go and figure out who's, you know, the, the, you know, every day it changes. Like, I'll never forget, like, when Michael Vick, we acquired Michael Vick, you know, several years ago, several quarterbacks ago, and I was in a restaurant at 8 o'clock at night, and my boss was like, where are you? Did you hear about Michael Vick? And she heard that I was in a restaurant, and she's like, what are you doing out at 8 o'clock? Oh, I'm busy at a school function. You know, because you're really not supposed to be out that late when you have to be at work, you know, 4.30 in the morning. Of course not. Um, but yeah, and so we're constantly having meetings and we're constantly updating. And then like right around four o'clock in the afternoon each day, we'll do like a group text to make sure everything that we planned is, you know, coming through. Like when I do say to you, hey, in two weeks, can you like grow a lemon tree and then make lemoncello that morning? Right. They'll check in and say, you know, how's Brian doing? Or, you know, if I'm like, you know, skiing, like right now on the East Coast, Last week, they started opening up ski resorts, so I was probably going to go skiing. But if you turned on the weather channel, all the snow is melted because it's been raining like we're in Seattle. And it's warm. You know, for three days. Yeah. It's warm, which sucks. So I have to, you know, switch gears a little bit. I, I, so how long, so then do you guys have meetings after, after your, you know, after you guys shut off at 10 a.m.? Yep. Jesus. Yep. So it's just basically, it's a constant, and, and this is for 20 minutes of TV. Right, yeah. Well, the thing with my stuff is I'm like, when there's no breaking weather and no breaking sports, you know, like the Eagles aren't in the Super Bowl, we aren't under three feet of snow. Right. My elements of the show are the, are the most teasable, if you will. You know, they're like, they're the teasable elements of the show. So, okay. you know, when the 10 o'clock news anchors want to promote our show they're talking about my stuff right so i always say it's kind of like you know when you go to cbs or walgreens and you see the front of a magazine and it says like blow dry your hair in six minutes so my stuff that's the tease you know it's got to be like save me money save me time 
make me 10 years younger or 10 pounds thinner. You know, right. basically. Right. Or, or all of them. That's your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the funny thing is you and and just so everybody knows, like Jen will literally call me and say, can you cook a turkey? Make sure you use mushrooms and I need three different varieties of onions for Tuesday. Right. And I'm like, part of it is, yeah, I have to know who to call. Right. Because that's a short list. Right. Yeah. But there's, but you've got, I mean, we're, I, I think that, I mean, between Chad and myself, I mean, I, you know, we, we, one, I, I would never, I would never say no to whatever it is that you're asking me to do. I'll figure out a way to do it. Like the first time that I was ever on TV, just so you know, was at Fox in Philadelphia with Belinda. Aww. I, I don't know if she knows that. They called me and said, can you do a Memorial Day segment of grilling? And I borrowed my buddy's truck. I drove to my parents' house, took my parents' grill out of their backyard, drove down Market Street with a cooler. You see how I travel now. I show up with a cooked turkey yeah. and a bag of something. I literally had like a, like a four-foot cooler filled with foods. And I cooked out out back like in that little courtyard area like that so how was how did she find you for the first time i don't even know i'm not even sure because i didn't i i think i was the chef at mccormick and schmick maybe i don't even remember but i remember that was my first ever live tv experience and wow. to give you an and idea you know after that was steve levy on nbc do you remember steve levy yeah, of course. And Michael Bublé. And Michael Bublé uh, hijacked my segment. What is that mean? Um, I will say part of what makes you fun, not to kiss your ass because your ass isn't in front of me, so I can't even kiss it. Right. It's like you give great ideas. That's stuff that we can actually do. Right. And you're fun on TV. Because that's the other part. Like, you know, we can have these, like, super genius doctors, but they're such that you can't talk to them. Right? right. I mean, no one really wants to talk to their, you know, electrocardiologist, right? Yeah. But like, I mean, you know, I know a couple, but I mean, come on, you got to get some drinks in them. So yeah. I think that's also is like the great thing about you and even Chad is like, we do get some information because um, people do, especially in the new era, right? We want to know about cooking. Maybe we still want to order a couple nights a week. I talk to you about this all the time. My boss, Marianne, you like literally rocked her world when you were like, you flip the hamburger over once, but you don't flip it twice. Right. Like she's taking that with her to her grave. Like, yeah. That's the most important information she's ever received. Well, and we, we still, I mean, we joke around. I say it all the time and I, I tweeted it about it the other day. Spatchcock. I love a spatchcock. I mean, we talk about that. I mean, it's like, I'll see you in, you know, I'll see you at, at, you know, Tridici. And I'll be like, what's up, yeah. Spatchcock? Like, it's just <laughs> one of those things. And you called me and you're like, what is a Spatchcock? How do I do it? And can I do it in my kitchen? Um, yeah. So they're fun. They're fun. Now, yeah, how did fun. you, how did you get, I mean, how, what, what brought you into this world? Oh yeah. Okay. So this is fun. So I, um, all four of my grandparents attended college, right? Okay. So that's an unusual thing. Yeah. And both of my parents have several graduate degrees. And 
um, like on one side, my grandma was valedictorian and my grandpa was salutatorian of the same college. My grandma on my other side, valedictorian of her high school and her college. So I've got some geniuses, right? So I started in aeronautical engineering, okay? I know. I was going to, I speak a couple languages and I literally was going to be a spy. I was going to like be like a air, an airline mechanic that spoke a lot of languages and Reese Witherspoon could probably star in this movie, right? And so I was going to like live part time in Russia. It was going to be awesome. And then one Christmas, I was still in school. Um, I went home because parents were living in South Africa at the time. So I went home from school with a with her all, and her dad was down in Tampa, Florida. Okay. Hold on, hold on. I, I lost you, so, Jen. Hold on, I lost you. Say it again. You, you went you went home. Go ahead. You went home. I went home to Tampa, Florida. I'm from Clearwater. And the the where I went home, the dad was the sports guy in town. Okay. In Tampa. So I was like, dude, I would love to be in TV. He was like, you're gonna have to do some internships. You're going to have to, like, do all this stuff. And um, so none of, so we all were, like, we did, like, a pact, right? We're, we're changing our major. And nowadays, you could never do this because of the Internet race. Like, your right. parents would know immediately that you were switching it up, right? But, like, I, we all changed our majors. And so my, when my dad found out, he was pissed. He's like, what are you going to do with an English degree? You know, like, work at Hooters or something? And so, uh, and no disrespect to people who work at Hooters, I love Hooters, but you know what I mean. So, um, I, like basically he was, he was livid. My family was livid that I was going to try and be on TV. Like, you know, if you think about people that want to be on TV, they usually are like Miss Florida, Miss California. I want to be on TV, you know? Right. So, but, but I just, I just wanted it. And so basically I did a bunch of internships and you know, whatever they told me to do, I would do, you know, they'd be like, you know, look up 35 guys named, you know, Brian Duffy in the phone book, you know, before the internet, right. they'd say like, you know, some, there's a guy that like crashed a car, his name's Brian Duffy. So you got to look up 35 Brian Duffy's in the phone book to find the Brian Duffy that crashed the car. Right. Oh, geez. And yeah, it was fun in the olden days. So I was just like, worked really hard. And then Worked at my first TV market was Laredo, Texas. So it was right on the border. The noon and the five were in Spanish and I spoke Spanish. So I was able to like, you know, ask questions for that a little bit. And then I was in Richmond, Virginia and then Buffalo, New York, and then here. And it was, you know, here I've been here in Philadelphia the longest and, you know, Philadelphia's a top five market. And I've had, you know, a lot of jobs within my TV station. You know, I was like the weekend reporter and then I was, you know, one of our main morning people at the desk. And then Mike Jerk came back and they're like, we need someone out in the field. Um, but it, it's funny too, because, you know, I've been to the Super Bowl, I've been to Cannes, you know, I was on the Orient Express with Al Roker from the Today Show. Wow. And I still feel like I'm like the little guy, you know, um, right. you know, American Idol, you go to the finales or even a red carpet in New York. Like these girls are hot. Yeah. They're freaking hot. Like you have a TV, and but I do think that like if if you can if you can try to be yourself, it sounds like a stupid Instagram quote, but I think you I you are an example of it, right? Like you are not cooking cockle vent. 
like you right. could if you had to. Sure. You know, and I, I could work, you know, on the, you know, in the war zone if I had to. But I think that, the, you know, you just have to kind of be your own guy. And so, sure. you know, I will say my bosses at Fox in Philadelphia, they've let me be my own guy largely, you know, but I get in trouble too. But yeah, bottom line is I, I wanted it bad enough. You know, I figured out what I wanted and then I figured out how to get it, which, you know, I always say that to these kids that live in my house. Yeah. Like if they could figure out how to get chicken hard enough, they could make their own chicken. Right. I do worry about the kids we're raising that have never had ramen noodles. Like I they agree. can't afford the fourteen ninety nine chicken. Yeah. Like what are they going to eat in college? They're going right. to be well, they're going to be like losers. They're, we're going to Venmo the money and we're going to transfer money into their account so that they can go out because they're hungry that day. I hope I don't do that. I hope I, I know. can be strict. I mean, look, my girls yeah. are, I, my 17-year-old has a $25 a week allowance. That's a lot. Well, do you think, though? I mean, she's 20, I mean, she's 17, she works her ass off, you know, she's at school, she comes home, she does the dishes, she, you know, sweeps and mops floors, and, you know, I mean, she does all that stuff. So she works now, her butt off. Do you incentivize her grades? What about the grades? No, because you know what? That's your job. Yeah, okay. That's your job. Like, you do well, that's your job. You know, I mean, it's just, it's something that you should do. I shouldn't have to reward you for getting a good grade. Now, I mean, I reward my girls all the time because I think my girls are badasses. They're super cool chicks. So, you know, I mean, I reward them all the time. But did your parents just, hey, I want I want blue leggings for this event that I'm going to. Okay, no problem. I'll just go on to Amazon and get them. No, that's not the way that it no was. Way. We had to make it. We had to figure out what to do with it. You bought white leggings if that's all you could find. And you washed them with jeans. I mean, yeah. You know, like there was certain shit that we had to do. I mean, my daughter for the Eagles parade, she wanted, she wanted, you know, shiny green leggings. Well, I ordered them on Amazon and they were here 36 hours later. So no. in that case, they do that. But I also, I feel that the children that we're, we are raising are not self-sufficient. Like if I can't find something, I'm going to figure out where to get it, how to find it, what to do, all of that. Whereas I do feel that I think kids at this point are, well, I, I can't find it. So that's it. Unless you're, unless you have that deep drive that I keep trying to teach my girls. Like I have certain rules, like for my girls, you always have to have money in your pocket. Always have to have money in your pocket that when you go out. That is such a dude thing. You know, there's a guy I work with, Mike G, the camera yeah. guy. Who was there? Yeah. Oh yeah. You, that is such a dude thing. That is not a mom thing. Moms do not care if the kids have money or not. But, but As mine a is. Fact, my kids, like, I, you know, we ski and snowboard a lot. Yeah. And Brody's now 13. But from the time, you know, like, they can get on and off the lift usually when they're, like, in fifth or sixth grade, right? Right. And then in middle school, they usually have a phone. So by the time they're in sixth, seventh grade, like, you know, if you're skiing with your kid all day, snow skiing, you don't see them, right? Right. So I was like, don't give your kid any money so they have to come find us. Oh, okay. That's, well, there you go. I get that. Right. That makes sense. Right. See, like, um, don't, we don't want that kid having like five chili dogs and we don't know about it. That's like, no thanks. I'm all about, I'm all about, I want my girls to be as independent as possible. I don't ever want them to have to rely on somebody else for something. And what I mean by that is if Emily is going to a concert with a bunch of her friends and she gets lost and her phone dies, how is she going to get home? 
Well, she's got a $50 bill that's tucked into her. That's her money, not mine. I'm not giving her a $50 bill to hold on to. She's got a $50 bill in her pocket so that she can make it home. Like, that's what I'm talking about. I don't ever want my girls to be in a situation like it's the same for Fiona. Like you should always have a $20 bill in your, in the, in the, the coin pocket in your jeans or tucked into your Lululemons or in a shoe or in your wallet. Like you should always have that. Like if my girls go to concerts and stuff, I'm like, where's your backup battery? Like, because I want them to be able to, if they're in a situation that they don't want to be in, I want them to have the independent ability to get out of that situation no matter what. That makes sense. So, you know, I have a a nine-year-old. She's like in fourth grade, right? Right. She literally, she probably could cure cancer. And so, (laughs) you know, I'm always, I leave for work super early in the morning. My husband travels. So sometimes there's a babysitter in the morning. And, you know, in elementary school, there's still like pretzel Friday or like, Give a dollar to autism. So the other day, it was so funny. I, you know, Steve was traveling and I missed an email about, you know, getting a pretzel on a Friday. So she comes home and she's eating half of this pretzel. And I'm like, how'd you get a pretzel? And she goes, oh, I have a little uh, change purse in my, in my thing, you know, because you guys forget a lot. Oh. I was like, what? I, I looked in there <laughs> and she had money for like, you know, the book fair. She like she had thirty five bucks in there, and I'm like, yeah. "What do you do with this?" And she's like, "I hold on to it, you know, in case there's like autism." Death. So she's basically babysitting me. Right, exactly. Which is genius and pathetic. I don't know which one. It's both. It's well, both genius and. I have. I don't carry like a traditional wallet, so I fold my money in half and I put it inside of my wallet, which is just like a credit card wallet. So I can't carry a bunch of ones and fives. So I try, like I have tens and twenties or if I'm lucky, I have larger bills, whatever it is. I always have cash on me though. So in the top, uh, well, anybody who breaks into my house, you will now know that in the top drawer of my dresser, I always have ones and fives in there. So that way- If the girls ever need it, because the girls aren't going to need, they don't need a $50 bill or a $100 bill. They might need six, six $1 bills for lunch. Or, you know, if they're going to go, I don't know, like they've got the Starbucks app anyway. So, but I always try to make sure that they are prepared. Wait a minute. We're blind on that Starbucks app. That is my, the world's worst thing. Uh Can I, can I, let me just tell you what I feel about that. Do you mind if I, I'm No, do it. That's why we're talking. I'm a human. Okay. I don't know if you've like, noticed. I have a right human. now, my daughter's leaving. She has a meeting at 4 o'clock. She just ordered an Uber because she knows that I'm recording. Wow. Way to go. Uh-huh. So I am a human that works in the morning. Right. And part of Starbucks, in my opinion, is the human experience. We started going to Starbucks as Americans because we wanted to look another American in the face and say, you know, um, skim milk, latte, hazelnut. Right. Vente, medium, whatever we want to do, right? And so there was a bit of human interaction that happened there. And then the stupid app, you go in there in any suburban or city location anywhere in the U.S., and I'm standing in line behind these people who have the Starbucks app. So, like, Susie's 14 Frappuccinos are staring me in the face. 
Well, I can't get Barista Bob to make me a flipping, you know, hot thing that I'm sitting there in like 15 minutes for. I feel like if you're the human, you should take precedence because who the hell knows when, when she's showing up for those four frappuccinos? I agree. She might not. You agree with this? I do. I do agree with that. But I'm, and that's like, if I'm out and I'm by myself, then that's one thing. But when I am, when I'm driving the girls to school in the morning and they order, we'll order our Starbucks from the house so that by the time we get there, there it is. Like it's usually a four minute ride. Now you are a chef yeah, and you're paying for Starbucks like every morning with these two? Uh, Not every morning, but mornings. You can't get a coffee maker? No, I do. You can order them on Amazon. I know that. And I have one. I have a Keurig in my house. Oh, cute. I stopped drinking coffee. I drink tea now. I don't even know you. I know. You have a motorcycle and you drink tea? Okay, don't don't play like that. That's how. Do you remember remember the segment we did at the farm? Yeah. Where I showed up on a motorcycle with all my food on the back of a motorcycle. I don't think you were eating, drinking tea then. I wasn't drinking tea then. I was drinking beer. You drink a beer. And um, you were definitely, yeah. I think, you know, Steve just, my husband just bought a motorcycle. I know you were telling me, can he please ride with us? It's a little itty bitty baby Harley. Because apparently you're supposed to buy a little itty bitty baby bike. Start small with a Sportster and then you move up the grade. I was, it was anticlimactic for me when he came home. I'm not going to lie. I was like, that's a little itty bitty baby bike. So <laughs> it's a little bitty baby, but it's still a Harley. And I say cheers to Steve. Steve needs to be my friend on Facebook so that I can ha- add him into my group along with the other dads that are out there. Losers. We're not losers. Where do you, where do you guys go? We ride all over the place. I mean, I just rode 1,500 miles through the Pacific Northwest. But when we're around here, we typically ride up into like Kennett Square, like all the back roads up through there, Doylestown, and we'll stop and have lunch. But it's usually a a 100-mile day, 200-mile day on a really crazy ride. But it's usually about 100 miles. And do you lean it over like me? No, because I ride a Harley and my Harley's really low. So I don't do that. But my buddies are like one of my buddies is a big Ducati guy. So oh, yeah. 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 yeah so he's like my other buddy. And I've got friends of mine that are like professional riders. Like I have this guy, well, Alan let's talk Lane. To them. Let's go hang out with them. You want to t- Alan is awesome. His, he's Mr. Black Moses on Instagram, and he is a brilliant individual. And he is a huge proponent for motorcycles and the community of motorcycles in Philadelphia. And, and, and Alan has bridged a gap in a motorcycle world that's really pretty wild. Do you ever want to do a segment? You, you need to talk to, to Alan. He's, he lives right in Germantown. Where's the gap? Well, I mean, you know, there's a big there. Well, one, there's a race gap. Oh, really? I mean, okay. you've got between between African American, between you know uh, anything else that's out there. I mean, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot of clubs that are in Philadelphia, not not one percent clubs, which are kind of the outlaws, but there's a lot of clubs that are in Philadelphia that still wear colors and cuts and all that stuff. Alan has brought a lot of these groups together through the love of motorcycles that bypasses skin color or race or, or anything that has to do with that. Alan's a really cool dude and he lives in East Norriton 
And right, he's got a, a studio. He just got a podcast on the same guys that I do my podcast with. Alan's a, he also owns a, a, a magazine. He does a tremendous amount of stuff. We're going to do some fun stuff this summer. There's races that happen in Jersey, I believe in March, either March or at that Millville track or out on the road. Out at the Millville, I believe it is. I'm not sure, but I'll I'll when I'll connect you guys and you guys can do something because Alan's a really great dynamic individual. He was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's a really really good dude. Um, I love it. But but the cool part is, look seriously, like I, I could play golf and I could be out there for four and a half hours and play golf, which to me is one of the most boring things that I could ever do. I could take mm-hmm. that ball and literally throw it in the river and walk over to the bar and sit down and have a better time. Or I can hop on a Harley on a beautiful day and ride for four to four and a half hours. I don't drink ever when I ride. I don't do anything when I ride because you're at the mercy of other people. So, you know, and that to me is something that's important. So for me, it's a great day of interaction. I love my guys that I ride with. My best friend and I ride. We have a little headset that we talk through. I was going to say, you have the little thingy so you can talk. We do. We have a little communication system. And the funny part is we can, we may not see each other for three months and he's one of my best friends, but we get on those bikes and we're like 14 year old girls who haven't seen each other in six months talking to each other. I love so, that. Yeah, I mean, it's just a really cool, fun thing. You stop and you have lunch. There's great events that we go to. You know, Ephrata, which is not that far away, it's just outside of Reading or just outside of Lancaster, is not far away. And starting in April, they have a, a biker's breakfast that happens every morning at a VFW. You go in, it's 10 bucks. you get pancakes and bacon and eggs, and there's 2,000 motorcycles there. That's awesome. You know, there's some really, really cool events. I mean, Harley or uh, Hannums does a great bunch of stuff out in in, in media and out uh, further out past media. I mean, there's some really, really, really cool stuff that happens with bikes. It's just a nice group, but I'm glad he got a bike. I think it's really cool that him and his friends did that because it's an interactive thing. And as your kids get older and they're able to go and do their own stuff at nine and 13, you know, yeah. you hop on the bike for a couple hours and you get away and there's nobody else with you. So no, it's fun. I love sad. my bike. Yeah. All right. So what are you doing? You getting ready to cook dinner? Yeah. I knew it. Here's what I'm thinking about for dinner. Okay. Okay. I'm thinking we're going to have, I know chicken's boring, right. but I think I'm going to do, cause we've been eating, I think I, I told you this morning, we've been eating like uh, butter soaked veggies. <laughs> right. For, uh, you know, three days basically yeah. straight. So I think what I might do tonight is add, I'm going to, you know, it's kids. Steve is traveling. So I have all these extra herbs from, uh, you know, Thanksgiving that didn't go in the turkey. Right. So I think I'm going to chop those up. I have red onion and yellow onion and salad. Okay. I think I might blendy blendy with olive oil, just like a little blendy blendy and have that as like a little, like not a marinade, not a rub, but just a hangy outy for a little bit. And, you know, like, it has it defrost. It kind of hangs out and gets, like, soaked in. Right. And then have some broccoli. Because I think our, like, uh, our arteries, they need broccoli. They need straight okay. broccoli. How so what you should do with your broccoli is get a large pan with some olive oil. And what you want to do okay. is in a raw state, you want to take the broccoli and lay it down crown first in the broccoli. 
And then you want to take some garlic and just chop it up, ba 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 ba, chop it up and toss it in that pan. And then take like a lemon or a lime or something like that. that. Okay. Yeah. And then squeeze that into the pan with a little bit, like cook the broccoli so it starts to get a little bit dark on the on the crown itself. And then you're gonna put that lemon juice in in there, maybe a touch of water or even a little bit of orange juice or something, and then cover it up and let it sit for three minutes. And you're going to have some great broccoli. You're going to have great broccoli. But you can do the same thing. I mean, the herbs and all that stuff are great to do it with it as well, but it doesn't come out as pronounced as that lemon or any of that would. And you can even hit it with a little touch of a a pat of butter. I go nuts because then I'll take the lime or the lemon and I zest it and put that on top of it and then just let it sit. And it'll steam and be come together really well. That's amazing. Bye, Wait, darling. That, I love that you. More like, is that a nine ninety? That's a nineteen. That's like a side. That's like an extra side. That's a nine ninety nine side that you would put in a rare bit dish and you would put it on a steakhouse menu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm basically running a steakhouse here. I'm really proud of myself. I so, like. Well, I'm, look, I'm looking out the window. This is also what happens in the suburbs, Pete. Speaking of like what we do for our kids, yeah, you know, there's like four cars out there because it's raining and people aren't going to let their kids walk home right? Um, from the bus, which is two houses down in the rain. Because it's raining, right. Because it's raining. Look, I do in the morning before I leave, I write a little like almost like a little weather report. And if those dummies can't figure out how to pack a raincoat or an umbrella, that's on them. I am, I will, I love my time with my girls in the morning, driving them to school. I love yeah. it. It's one of, even if we don't talk to each other, it's still the opportunity that we're in the car together. I drop them off. Even my 17 year old, I make her kiss me. I literally look at her and say face. She turns, she kisses me on my face and she gets out of the car in nice. the afternoon. Figure it out, kid. <laughs> it's up to you. You want to, you want to hitchhike home? You hitchhike home. But I mean, Emily Rose. Emily Rose, so that's a different story because she's all the way over on the river in Conshohocken, but, you know, because yeah. Lower Marion won't allow them to put a boathouse in Gladwin. They should have a boathouse. They should, but you they know, don't, and it still costs me, it costs me like two grand, two grand, seventeen, fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a year for her to row. She better get into college. And that's just, and that's just for, for, for her high school. That's not including all the extracurricular shit, like the $500 for her to go and row with her Canadian Henley up in, in Ontario. It doesn't include her at the head of the Charles up in Boston. Like it's an expensive sport, a lot of travel, hotels, all that shit. Yeah. Kind of bougie. Bougie. But that bougie going to get her into college. So. All right, you need to go cook dinner, and I'm gonna I cook dinner. okay. If you uh, let's do a segment soon again. Let's do something before Christmas. Done. We something can do like seriously. how to do the broccoli upside down in the pan. I feel like we I can do that. I'll do. Thing. We should okay. do like a cool side thing. Chat uh, with. I love our segments with Chad. They're a riot, but I, I don't want Chad. him stealing my thunder all the time. He's not stealing your thunder. I know. No. I don't even know his name. I actually I deleted his number from my phone. <laughs> All right, Jen. So, how do we get in touch Thank with you, you if you want me. to? No, how do we get in touch oh. with you if we want to follow you? Because your Instagram, Instagram is I'm on the gram. brilliant. Thank you. I'm on the gram. I'm Jen with two N's, Fred Fox29. Got it. Everywhere. Good. So, that's what I am on Twitter. That's what I am on Instagram. And I think that's what I am on Facebook. You would you know, 
I am a Snapchatter. I'm Jen Fred TV, just TV. And do you ever use that? Snap. Never use Snapchat. Not nah, not really. Really, kind of boring. Snapchat's like a like a it's like a kid thing, and uh, yeah, there's other. Things, I do but. stories. I just do them on the Instagram. So do I. I love them. I love my stories. I love my, I've had a lot of fun with music and stories on my Instagram. Right. It's fun. We're like basically millennials with the music. You got to check out uh, last night's uh, dinner and today's green drinking. Okay. I'll look at the green drinking and I'll put my stuff on there so you can check it out and judge it. And if you ever want to do one of these cleanses, I'll connect you with her. She's awesome. All right. Can I do like a two day cleanse? Yeah. They have, they have all, they have a three day, they have a five day. I'm doing a 21. Yeah, I'm not doing 21. I'll do two days. I can do two days. That's it. All right. All right, Jen. I love you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Love you more. Love everyone. Okay, bye, baby. Bye-bye. Come on now. When was the last time you got to listen to a news anchor talk about what it is that they do? That's why I love Jen French. She's awesome. She's super in tune with Philadelphia, despite the fact that she's not from here. She was going to be, if I'm not mistaken, she said an astrophysicist. I may have made that up, but that's what I heard. Um, Jen's one of my favorite people in Philly, especially on the news and whatnot. I'm a big fan of hers. I love what she does. Um, cool chick. So get out there and follow her. Jen, J-E-N-N, Fred, uh, 29. So she's a cool, cool chick. Is it 29? Jen, Fred, 29? I got to make sure before I hang up with you guys. I've got to make sure. Jen, Fred, 29. Whoops. There we go. Yeah. So... Um, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you all for getting out here and hanging out with the super, super fun. Uh, I love the show. I love being with you guys. Sorry, I lied. It's Jen Fred Fox 29, J-E-N-N Fred Fox 29. Go and check her out. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this week. I appreciate your time. I love you. I appreciate you. Do me a favor and thank the three people that we love the most. Radioinfluence.com. Get out and check out their other podcast. Maggie Gagliardi. All those amazing illustrations. That's at Mags, M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. And then you can always thank Michelle for doing all of our websites. Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor. Go out and just be nice to people. Bye. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles. I want to tell you about my new show, The Cannabis Podcast, which will be powered by True Leave. It's not about being potheads. It's about the knowledge of medical cannabis. And there's a lot of rights and wrongs and a lot of things we don't know. So we're going to bring a lot of knowledge in and we're going to get to the bottom of medical marijuana and how it can help us all out. The Cannabis Podcast it will be available at RadioInfluence.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and TuneIn.